Welcome to UF Vet Med Voice with the University of Florida College of Veterinary Medicine. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're talking about interstitial cystitis, bladder pain syndrome, new approaches for understanding and treating bladder pain syndrome, and joining me is Dr. Aaron Mickle. He's an assistant professor of physiological sciences at the University of Florida College of Veterinary Medicine. Dr. Mickle, it's a pleasure to have you join us today. I'd like you to start by telling us about patients with interstitial cystitis or bladder pain syndrome and how they may suffer from chronic pain that really severely affects their quality of life. Yeah, interstitial cystitis is a disease that affects a really wide range of people, primarily women. Nine out of 10 are women, and it's thought to be within 5 to 10% of the population. It's a very hard disease to diagnose, and often it's diagnosed because a lot of other diseases are eliminated. But it is basically a disease where you have overactive bladder and a lot of chronic pain. And chronic bladder pain and chronic visceral pain is very different than other types of chronic pain. And so we're really trying to figure out ways that we can better treat it. Well, then, since pain is somewhat subjective, can you explain how you feel that an understanding of the biology of pain can help us to understand how to help people that suffer from various pain syndromes? For sure. The pain is very difficult to study because it is a very subjective thing. It definitely in people, people have different thresholds for pain, what they consider painful or what they consider affecting their life. And so what we're really doing is looking for different molecular targets. So opioids are often used for the treatment of chronic pain, and this can lead to a lot of different downsides, including opioid dependence as well as addiction issues. So what we're doing is looking at the molecular signaling events within the bladder and seeing if we can identify new targets that could maybe be used for a pharmaceutical therapy in the future to help alleviate this pain. Dr. Mickle, as I understand it in your laboratory at the University of Florida College of Veterinary Medicine, you incorporate multiple techniques at the system and cellular level to answer questions related to mechanisms of bladder sensory function and pain. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the work that you're doing? So what has really interested me for a long time, even before I started my PhD, was how different cells communicate with neurons. So neurons, as we probably most appreciate, are cells that are sending electrical signals around the body to tell the body where to move, how it feels, whether you're touching a hot stove. But there's a lot of different things that the neurons are doing besides that. They're communicating with different types of cells. And so what we're really trying to study is how the endothelial cells or the urothelial cells in the bladder, so this is what lines the bladder, forms the barrier that keeps urine in the bladder and out of the body, how those communicate with the sensory neurons in the bladder. And so we're doing this with a number of different ways. One of the main new ways we're doing it is using optogenetics. So optogenetics is a technique that's often used in neuroscience, which uses light-activated proteins that we can then express in these urothelial cells. This means that we can activate and manipulate these cells with light. And this is a really profound technique that has revolutionized how we study neuroscience circuits, but we think we can also use it to understand how we can study local bladder circuit signaling. So how these cells that normally are thought to be a barrier to urine can provide sensory signals in disease states to influence sensory neuron signaling. So we do this a number of different ways with animal models and looking at how manipulating these cells in vivo can change voiding function as well as in cells and dish and cell culture. 
So looking at when we culture these cells with sensory neurons, they release different types of communicating signaling molecules that we can identify and then translate that back into our animal models. That's fascinating. It's really transforming the field of neuroscience, isn't it? So I would like you to tell us about your work with angiotensin signaling for developing and maintaining disease symptoms. Tell us a little bit about that work. So this was work that was just recently funded by the NIH and really looking at new targets. So interstitial cystitis is understudied, in my opinion, and in something that a lot of people are looking for new therapeutic targets. And so the angiotensin is something that's studied throughout the body, primarily in hypertension. So it's probably something a lot of people are familiar with, blood pressure modification medication like angiotensin receptor blockers or ACE inhibitors. These all affect angiotensin signaling cascades. And so what we're doing is trying to look at the bladder and see what angiotensin is doing at the bladder locally. So there's a lot of overlap in symptomology, so increased reactive oxygen species, which can cause cell damage, increased inflammation markers, as well as fibrosis that are seen in interstitial cystitis patients. That is also seen in other organ systems with misregulation of angiotensin signaling. And so what we're doing is really a basic science study where we're trying to figure out what angiotensin signaling receptors are doing in the bladder, because it's really unknown at this point. There's very few studies that have shown that they're expressed there and or even what they're doing. So we really are trying to figure out what they're doing and how they may influence interstitial cystitis as a disease and how that may influence pain and dysregulation of sensory function. Well, I hear, Dr. Mickle, you recently received the prestigious Rita Allen Foundation Award for pain research to further your aim to develop treatments for interstitial cystitis and bladder pain syndromes. Tell us about that. That's pretty cool. It was a really big honor that a lot of big names in pain research have received that award. And that is pretty much to fund the urothelial sensory communication project. And so that provides some very flexible funding to explore different ways that we can better understand how these endothelial cells are communicating to sensory neurons. And so we're taking a number of approaches, some of which I've already described, using animal models to manipulate the endothelial cells and how it influences sensory function and pain. But we're also looking at seeing in the brainstem how these endothelial signals are interpreted by the brain. So we're using fMRI or brain imaging to look at what brain areas are activated by activation of these endothelial cells and how that may change with disease models really trying to establish this method of optogenetic activation of the endothelial cells as a way to better understand the sensory signaling in the bladder. Dr. Mickle, this is so interesting. And I think the most important question to me anyway is how do you envision your research translating into care for human to veterinary medicine and vice versa? Tell us how these results of your studies could open up new FDA-approved treatments with widely available and safe angiotensin inhibitors, as you mentioned, and that could substantially impact patients' quality of life. Tell us how this could change the landscape of what you're researching. That's really the end goal, right, is to help patients and develop better treatments. And that's where I think the angiotensin project really has some of the most direct translation. So we have a lot of drugs already that target these angiotensin signalings that are FDA approved. And so really, if we can develop 
ways to better understand the angiotensin signaling system. And if it's involved in interstitial cystitis, this is a really direct route to use these already FDA-approved drugs to help treat patients with disease. Right now, we're also looking at patient databases, so looking at seeing how many patients with interstitial cystitis may have hypertension or be on hypertensive modulating drugs um, to see if there's overlap and if people that are treated well for hypertension, they may have better outcomes. And so that could lead us to more indication along with our basic science work that potentially using these angiotensin targeting drugs may help people with interstitial cystitis reduce inflammation, fibrosis, and the symptoms of the disease. It's really great research that you're doing, Dr. Mickle, and I hope you'll join us again and keep us updated as you learn more. It's really an important topic. And for more information about the UF College of Veterinary Medicine, please visit vetmed.ufl.edu slash UFachievers. Or to listen to more podcasts from our experts, you can visit vetmed.ufl.edu. And that concludes today's episode of UF Vet Med Voice, brought to you by the University of Florida College of Veterinary Medicine, advancing animal, human, and environmental health.